Good morning, marketers, and welcome to the If You Market podcast, brought to you by Mountaintop Data. We are the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. I'm Sky Cassidy, and today we'll be talking with John Farrah of Nimble about social selling. Wait, social selling? Did I have the wrong thing in there? No, I'm talking about social selling. Part of it is really about using <laughs> social to connect. So, yeah. We're okay. really talking about over automation and marketing. Yeah, let me back that up. Today we'll be talking with John Farrah Nimble about, I almost said it again, about over automation. John's a serial entrepreneur and noted speaker about social sales and marketing and uh, automation, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, his most recent endeavor is Nimble. That's a simple CRM for Microsoft 365 and Google Workspace. John's best known as the co-founder of Goldmine, Mine, blah, blah, Goldmine Software Corporation, one of the early pioneers in CRMs. He's been recognized by Forbes as one of the top 10 social CEOs, top 10 social salespeople in the world, and top 100 marketing influencers. John, thanks for coming on the show today. You bet, Sky. I always appreciate an opportunity to join in a discussion that hopefully leaves the listeners better, smarter, faster after our chat. Fantastic. That's what we love to do on this show. Help people with their marketing, give them good ideas and uh, better, stronger and faster. Did you say better, smarter, faster, better, smarter, faster. I love it. So over automation, obviously we're coming in to the top topic of automation with a little bit of a bias here, but uh, can you give the audience kind of your, your feelings on automation? Well, let me, let me just show you a number. Um, bear with me. Okay. Can you read the unread email number? <laughs> I was going to say, is this going to be the emails in your inbox today? <laughs> unread. No, I can't quite see it. What have you got going on there? Uh, 598,000. So you're not one of those people that brags about having zero emails in their inbox. <laughs> no, because you know what? There might be a needle in the haystack that I want to chat with. But the reality is that automation is really ruining our um, the art of selling. Because the art of selling isn't about bagging and tagging as many human beings as you can. It's about identifying people that you might be able to serve. Because that's why we're on this planet. We're not on this planet to get as much shit as we can. It's, we're really here to grow our soul in the brief period of time that we're here. And the best way to grow is by helping other people grow. And that sales isn't about bagging and tagging. It's about serving. And so if you're using a machine gun to spray marketing messages at even a targeted audience, they're going to sense that and they're going to shut you down. And that's why automation doesn't work like it used to work because it's overgeneralized and people are just numb. Yeah, I guess I'd say, um, I mean, it's great to be able to reach out to a larger audience. The problem is once everybody can do it, you're creating an arms race and the human reaction to all of these activities is to just block, start blocking everything and block building walls and building walls. And you prevent even the regular human interaction. I had an issue the other day. I was trying to write somebody an email, just a quick email. Hey, checking in. I was like, oh, wait, no, no. That's how all these, that's how all these mass emails start. Let me think of another. Oh no, that's how the AIs are talking right now. Let me think of another. It's like, oh, I, I don't know how to reach out to this person without sounding like a bot or a mass well, communication. I, I have a really easy formula for that. And I call it the five F's of life. 
family, friend, food, fun, and fellowship. These are the commonalities that we share with other human beings that earns us the intimacy and trust we need to get them to open up to us about their business issues and life issues so as a professional, we can help blow some wind in their sails. And so if I was going to reach out to you, Sky, what I would do is I'd walk in your digital footprint and I'd find some areas of commonality and then I'd sort of connect on those somehow where you know I'm not a bot because bots can't, they're not that smart yet. They can't right. figure that shit out. In the old days, I used to teach people when you go in somebody's office, look at their walls, look at the books they read, the degree of the school they went to, the knickknacks they collect. And then you, you, you bond on those things to earn enough to get them to start talking. And if you listen, you'll find ways to add value. And that's the easiest way to build trust and, uh, and to really achieve your dreams is helping other people achieve theirs. So is that the modern, uh, I don't, there's got to be a different version, not the Turing test, but some tests just to show that you're a live person who cares even versus a human, but you're, you're so automated that you might as well not be. I really believe that there are senses in every human being that are un, that you don't, that we don't understand, but that the mind can put together patterns and signals and basically give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down almost instantaneously right. like something's faster. off yeah 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 you feel it like you know when something's not right and um and you got to listen to those feelings so for you to break through the clutter what you need to do is to get more human because it's not b to b or b to c it's p to p and h to h it's people to people and, and human to human people buy from people they like know and trust yeah we've heard that before um but the reality is that we really have to sort of break this all down into the components for us to really talk about it effectively. And I'd like to talk a little bit about sort of the history of relationship management and market automation and CRM and SFA, because they're all sort of related and they have their purposes. And if used properly, I believe they're extremely effective used improperly. Um, they, you will lose people's trust and they'll, they'll shut you down. Now, what about though, there's a lot of products that the person to person relationship is not a, a factor. Well, it's tied. They can't do business that way because yeah. it's not a large value product. Sure. Is that just, is that just product engineering? That's trying to leverage something that it shouldn't and trying to exist by exploiting this automation thing. And maybe it, it shouldn't be around so much, or is, is a certain level of automation necessary? Is there a, is there a way to do it just like email, right? We have spam. Yeah. My company was a huge enabler of spam in the early days because we started creating all this data with emails so people could send business communication. It was great until everybody started doing it. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, people get desensitized to it and, or sensitized to it and they won't answer the emails anymore. And then people send more and more and more email. And so we've seen a, you know, a goal of mine has been to kind of reverse that and figure out how to get deeper information so people can have fewer contacts they reach out to, but still reach out to and make yeah. business. You need to sell to people you don't know, right? Segmenting the database is the secret to personalized messaging. Um, for example, if I'm going to go speak in New York City in 30 days on a topic of social sales and marketing... Wouldn't it be great if I could segment my database to people in the vicinity of where I'm speaking 
who have areas of passion in and around the topics that I'll be talking about so that I could then reach out and, uh, and invite them. And even better yet, to be able to know enough about that contact to know when we last connected so I could refer to something even more personal than even the generic outreach that says, I'm going to be speaking in New York because you're in and around New York and you're passionate about social sales and marketing. I'd love to connect. And then to add something in there that basically says, hey, Sky, you know, it's been six months, three months, four months, two years since we last chatted. I'd love to catch up with you and find out what's going on with you and let's say the company name that they might be with or something, right? And then that's totally personal. And then to do that, not with a HubSpot or an Infusionsoft or, you know, Active Campaign or whatever email system that looks and feels like a market automation email, but it came from my John and Nimble email because it came through Microsoft 365 or Google that clears the spam filters and it totally feels personal. But I segmented a database and I was able to reach out to 300 people and have a personalized message for each and then get signals on the opens and clicks. And so this takes me to the roots of market automation, CRM, and to talk about the journey because I think that if you look at market automation as HubSpot, Pardot, uh, Marketo, whatever tool you use, they're great tools to capture leads, put them on drip tracks before and, and to nurture until they're lead qualified, taking in other signals in order to add to what lead qualified is. But once it's lead qualified, you need to hand that off in a typical B2B situation to a qualified person, assuming that the value is high enough to warrant a human interaction, to reach out to them for a personal conversation. And you don't give the market automation system to the sales rep. No, you don't. You give them a rifle and a map. So if you think about the market automation system, it's like a bomber flying over the battlefield, dropping bombs to soften the battlefield. But to win the war, you need to put boots on the ground. That's a sales rep. But a sales rep needs a map, which is sales intelligence. The map says... Who are people and what is their business about in the last time in the history of interactions? That's the insights. Uh, so it sounds like you're saying there's marketing autom- It's not marketing automation bad or automation bad. It's there's a place and a time for it. And it seems kind of like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but kind of like you're saying to automate the non-human parts. Um, and, yeah. But still be human in the human parts. Yes. Yeah. You can even be more human in the market automation parts. But really where we need to lean into, where the biggest problem that I see, the thing causing my inbox to explode, is the sales lofts, the outreach IOs, et cetera, HubSpot sales, whatever tool you want to talk about, that is the templated outreach tool that the sales rep uses that has no intelligence to it. So all they do is they put people on these scripted step outreaches that are sort of designed by people to try to make them sound more human. Hey, Sky, this is, you know, I noticed you didn't open my last email, but I'm really reaching out because you really should talk to me. And, yeah. and then That's what I was saying. I was trying to respond to somebody that I talk to regularly and sending an email. I kept, as I was typing, it was just like, oh, that's what these yes. sales automation emails start with. I can't start with that yeah. or they'll ignore it. Oh, that's what so, they start with. I can't so start my, with that. I can't start with that. My biggest problem is the tools that sales reps use to do the automated outreaches that are inhuman, that are not relevant, that are not personalized, and that I just ignore. 
And so I think that if we can make those emails where they somehow quickly get to the point about who you are, why you're reaching out, how you can add value to that person and their journey in their business, and, um, and a reason to connect with them. You so, know what? I get those emails occasionally. Right. And I react immediately to that. If it's something you're interested in, right? Yes. Like if it's it, something, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's what I always, it's not necessarily the automation. It's no. the automation of poor messaging because you don't really have a product that anyone needs or wants, or you're not even bothering to put that out front. I always say like, there's plenty of things I'm interested in. We buy stuff all the time. Tell me what it is. I'm not going to yeah. read five pair. I'm not going to read your life story to get to the point of, oh, you have a software for, some HR dealy thing. Great. Why didn't you just start with that? Here's what I want to sell you. Here's what it does. If I yeah. need it, I'll so, be interested. So Sky, imagine if I had software that could take your podcast and then go through them and find segments that are ideal for taking a 30 or 15 second segment out and then putting uh, the subtitles in there and then basically setting that up for social shares that link mm. back to the original podcast or the blog and can actually sense what is the best section and to be able to share those as snippets to drive people to your main podcast. And I was able to tell you that in like three sentences. Are you making this up or is that what no, I, I just dreamed it up? Oh, okay. Actually, Cause I was like, yes, I want to hear more. I know. I know. <laughs> Let's talk after the show. <laughs> I know. But, but the thing is, is I'm a, I'm a product guy, right? I, I dream up products and, I, and we do a lot of podcasting and webinars and stuff. And I actually want that product. I was talking to my marketing team and I saying, okay, go through the podcast and the webinars, Find the little snippets because it's bit too big to share an hour or 45 minute thing. Share 15 minute segments across five different key parts of the webinar and then link back to the original podcast or blog. But I just use that as an example to talk to, to speak to you, Sky, because yeah. in the few minutes I've known you, I knew that that would be valuable to you. And so if I was able to, to template something that was that exact to fit you and I could segment people like you, I can sell a shitload of that stuff. And Here's that's what, what I, I tell people this all the time. If you're doing cold outreach, put your message into a haiku for me and I will read it. Yeah. Like, haiku. Boom. I look at it. You can't not read it. You've already absorbed the words. You don't even know it. And if it's of interest, if you can put the message you were just saying about the podcast software into a haiku, I'm responding. Yes. Tell me more. Or I'm scheduling a demo time to see what, what it is. Cause that's, yeah, we're all here to do business. It's not like we're selling snow to Eskimos and you have to trick somebody into accidentally clicking on something. Um, so I, I love what, I love what you're saying there. Yes. There is a software that does something like that. I have checked it out before. I'll have to look it up and, um, and send it to you. It's still in the early, as far as the detection of topics go, it's still a little rough, but it does find a stop and end point and chop it for you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can even sense the energy of two people who are interacting and you know, the topic is getting juicy when the, the energy between the two people start to um, get higher. Right. And, and that includes like hand signals, tones, et cetera. And AI is going to get there where we'll be able to do that kind of stuff. But in the meantime, I think that the message that I'm trying to share about life in general is that we're not here to accumulate as much shit as we can. We're here to accumulate enough moments to make 
memories that you might be able to take or leave. But more importantly, we're here to grow our soul in the brief period of time that we're here. And the best way to grow your soul is by helping other people grow theirs. And so if you translate that into sales, that you're here not to basically make as much money as you can off as many people as you could sell to, but to identify enough people that you can serve and grow. And so if you come from that mentality, then I think that you start to change the way that, that you outreach and message people. And then when you actually do get somebody on the hook, where you're actually communicating with them, I think that you start leaning more heavily into the human nature of serving that person. And if you actually come across that way, it will resonate with people and they'll see you completely differently. Even if they don't buy from you, when somebody or they need your products and services, they'll pick up the phone and call you and drag their friends with them. And that's all about building your brand as a trusted advisor in the cycle of the journey of your prospects, customers, and ideally their influencers as well. I love it. I would, I would say when it comes to the topic of automation and over automation, yeah. I, I thought this topic was all going to be about you talking about how terrible automation is and how it's used terribly everywhere. But in, in preparation for this, I watched uh, the Disney Fantasia, the Sorcerer's Apprentice always yeah. comes to mind when I think of automation. And something I noticed that I hadn't really paid much attention to before is he didn't just automate the process and then it went out of control. He automated the process, then he fell asleep and it went out of control. Mm. There was nothing wrong with the automation part. If he just stayed awake and managed it, yeah. it would have been fine. It's just he, he automated it and then stepped away so that everything was automated, even the, but there was no stop to it. There was no... And so it, it seemed really, it just needs a little more care, a little more yeah. human care, like the human yeah. element. Once the human element was taken out, that's when it went all haywire. You can't yeah. completely automate. It, there's this nice balance of automation and human, I think. Yeah. And it, and it comes to the frequency, the recency, the messaging. And the issue is, is that there's two levels of automation that we're talking about. There's the high level mark automation which is lead capture, nurturing till lead qualified that almost every business does or should do. And then if they are in a product, they're selling a product that is a high enough uh, cost and value. And there is human interaction that when they interject the human to interact, that when they give them the sales intelligence and the outreach tracking tools, that they put a little bit of thought in how to humanize the messaging in a way that sets them apart from the masses out there. Because everybody's using most businesses today that are uh, modern are using automation at the high level and at the rep level. And I just think it can be done so much better. And I think that if you approach it from a philosophy of service and humanity, as opposed to bagging and tagging and money, that uh, that that's that's immediate differentiation. So it seems like we keep getting to this kind of Walmart of business products, where when you when you take a product value down so low that the only way to see an ROI is to over automate, even in the sales area. Is that are com are there just companies trying that are too cheap? So they're, they're having to try to use all this mass automation in order to get things done. Is, should, should some industries just look at it and say, hey, we need to raise our prices and hire more salespeople? 
Well, let's talk specifically about products that we've experienced and good journeys and bad journeys, right? Because I think it, I think it, it is more relevant when we actually have stories about uh, products where the journey is delightful and products where the journey, it, it just sucks. Um, and, and I'm going to do Apple, okay? I never get a market automation, like over-marketing automation message from Apple. I just don't. Yeah, they don't really need to. Everybody knows who they are. So, well, yeah, but I guess they still could. There's plenty of people who don't need to that still bombard yeah, you. But, but what they do is, is, I believe if you can align the promises you make to the experience that you do deliver, that you could build a gold mine. And what Apple does is they promise to build products that will delight you and to deliver experience with that product from both the, pr- the purchase and the support cycle the pre and post sales cycle to be amazing. And so they, they basically will release new products with incremental new features that I just buy, right? It's like I buy the new watch, I buy the new phone and uh, I don't buy every new notebook, but I, I, I cycle between a couple cycles of those. But we're and- talking about the Walmart issue here. They don't make cheap products that they have to mass that they have to have to overmarket to you constantly. Yeah, but though. you know the thing is, is that cheap products don't get marketed that way either. They don't. I mean, let's just take. I'm looking for a cheap product that I consume, or just think about it. I, I consume Tide all the time. I don't get overmarketed by Tide. You know, yeah. I get overmarketed by products that are more uh, high ticket or business items. Uh, Tide, I would like to add in here. Any frequent listeners have probably heard this before, but Google it. Best Super Bowl commercials ever tied. Yeah. Just don't eat the pods. Don't eat the pods. Yeah. (laughs) What the heck? You need pods. So I think that the biggest criminals in over automation are all these SaaS companies that are trying to deliver these products and they hire these uh, marketing managers and these reps and either the marketing managers are creating these scripts. In most cases, I think that's the case. Or the reps are doing it themselves. I think most of the cases, the managers are doing most of the scripting. And that they, what they do is they go out and they, uh, they get data from Crunchbase or wherever. They zoom in. Mountaintop mode. data. That's my company. Um, I mean, that's what we do. I, I, I'm going to have to go look at our processes now. I'm sure we have. So you're saying it's not the boss. It's the apprentice. It's the sorcerer's apprentice who's going and creating these little automations. I gotta, I gotta go look at our company after this. I'm sure we have some of the things you're talking about running somewhere. <laughs> I think we had this discussion before, but Vin Gupta used to be uh, a friend of mine, and a Database USA was uh, the original CD that you could buy data from that people used to do emails to. And he did that by uh, getting the yellow pages and having them typed into uh, computers in India and then calling the people, verify the data and blah, blah, blah. And now Huck at uh, uh, discover.org slash Zoom info is sort of taking mm-hmm. the crown in that, uh, that space. But they are the big player in our space. Yeah, they are. But the thing is, is that it's not the data's fault. Although you could say that if the data was better, that you can segment more intelligently. And that's the problem with the data is the data might have name, title, company, sick code, but it doesn't have enough personal data to segment it intelligently enough 
to then infuse an email with the information that you would need to make mm. it super personal. And now you're getting into my space. What you just described is the goal I have set out for my company. I mentioned earlier, we kind of facilitated spam early on. Yeah. My goal now is to say, okay, rather than somebody reaching out to 10,000 people yeah. that are generally in, let's say the marketing department, um, we need to be able to have more accurate information on the industries or in the company sizes and then information on those individuals. Now, what you're, I'd say there's two different uses. One is infusing your messaging with what you know about them. Um, hey, you love the Rams. I love the Rams too. We should hang out and you should buy my stuff. Yeah, but um, I don't think that, the, I don't, I think that, that, I think it's more about how you're going to help them and serve can, them. Right. But the other one, the more foundational one is the targeting. Yeah. Is saying rather than reaching out to 10,000 people, and let's say you know a lot about how you can serve them, great. But the more information you have from a company like ours, the more you can eliminate some of those people ahead of time. So now you're like, oh, I don't need to reach out to 10,000. I know there's only 100 people interested. And with this information, I can narrow it down to 1,000. And now yeah. what else can I find out that I can narrow it down further and further until I can be much more personal with my messaging? And maybe I know information too that I can, you know, cater what what offering of ours best fits them. But yes, I think and that's where a company like mine steps in. And when you have poor, weak, general information, your automations are going to reflect that. When you have more detailed information, then you can get more specific and have less what we call friction with your marketing where you're just not and we used to say people used to buy a list and it would just be, yeah, we, we sell to manufacturing. So give us a list of manufacturers. Yeah. There wasn't even a title, an individual title. It was just anybody in the company. Give us a list of manufacturers. We're just going to, just going to shoot it out to all of them. Massive uh, net type marketing. And now we can get more and more and more detailed down the more information we can have on companies and, and people to reduce that friction. And, and even our conversation today is as a result of a targeted outreach um, that was personalized. So I try to build my brand and the Nimble brand by having conversations in and around the areas of promise of our products and services in the places where a constituency gets educated. So that would include hashtags and blogs and publications, but also podcasts around social sales and market. So my team identifies places where our audience hangs out, your podcast, yep. and we then outreach with a personalized message. It's not even a sequence. It's a personalized message that is tailored to you with why they're reaching out and what we're offering. And you responded because it was personalized and it felt that way. And so you don't necessarily even need automation in order to do this, you still need a database that you can segment and you need to personalize the message, but you don't necessarily need automation to market. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, we touched on this earlier, but the automation has its place, but it's yes. not necessarily in the interaction. Like, I don't know, a dating site, you can automate finding the people in your area that you might be interested in, but yeah you're not going to send a bot on the first date. Like you still got to have the human interaction yeah, part. Yeah. And, and, and if the product has enough value, then you can have the reps take the time to infuse the human side into it. And so one of my solutions to that, and by the way, 
I have a deep history in this space. I actually trademarked automated processes 25 years ago, which was part of Goldmine. If you put a name in Goldmine, it looks like this. Goldmine would do that. Day one, do this. Day seven, do that. If this happens, stop that and do this track instead. With Nimble, we built the first social serum there ever was. So we had the public and private APIs from LinkedIn that nobody ever got. We integrated into Crunchbase, AngelList, uh, Facebook, Twitter, had full synchronization back and forth between all those applications. So if you put an email or a name in Nimble, it would automatically enrich it with all their LinkedIn stuff. Did you say automatically? I said automatically. <laughs> It'll automatically enrich it with all the people and company data that you need. You don't have to Google them. And it, all that data is segmentatable. And um, it includes all their Crunchbase and AngelList shit. So you basically have this rich database that has fully segmentable and then we have the ability to put people to send targeted messages to segments where it would be a one-to-one message to 50 people and so that to me is really the nirvana of 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 marketing where you could put names in a database enrich them with people and company data segment them intelligently and then outreach in a personalized one-to-one way at scale with signals on opens and clicks and that's what we do and um but I think it's not enough. And so what I recently built was something called workflows, which how many times have you ever done outreach sky using a spreadsheet? We used to, yes, use a lot of spreadsheets and that sucks. Right. And so spreadsheets are great because it's really easy for anyone to build a list, a a series of rows with columns that they need of the data they want to visualize and maybe the next step stuff or whatever they're doing but it, it, it really doesn't work. And, and so I really encourage anybody who's using spreadsheets for outreach or even things like Trello to look at Nimble because workflows is a board with a series of stages that you could, that you could define cards on people and company with the data you wanna collect that puts them through this flow. And there's pe- repeatable business processes in your company across all the departments, sales, marketing, customer service, hiring, PR, fundraising, whatever. And so you could take a prospect and let's say it was a hiring prospect because I'm actually doing that right now. I'm hiring a market associate. Uh, So we put an ad in Indeed and we got 80 applicants. And so we then did a sort of a first pass and looked at them, the resume and LinkedIn said, are they even a fit? If they are, they go in first pass. And then basically from there, they go into invitation sent for interview. And then from there, after the, if the interview went well, we sent an assignment where we want to look at some of their work product. And if that goes well, they do a second interview. If that goes well, they do a reference check. And you can see how the workflow defines a repeatable process that we can more easily manage the, you know, 30 people that 50 people that fit from 80. And this will apply to any type of outreach that you're doing. And then really people are using automation to do what I think a human could do. You don't need to automate the steps where it says, if they don't reply to the first email, send the second email, which is what I really hate. You could say, put them in this stage. And then once you collect this amount of data and they, they, they fit these criteria, either remove them from the board or put them into the next stage and then do the next human thing that you should do. You could have templates for those stages, but you should then infuse it with some personalized stuff rather than sending the generic template because you have the card in front of you, you have all the social profiles, you have the data about them. You can then personalize it and then basically you're going to stand out. And that's so my answer. Is this automating the processes, but not the, um, not the actual execution? Or it, it, may, 
Today, it is a board with stages like Trello or whatever, you know, thing. You've seen Trello, right? Right. So it's a board with stages that you put people through. There's cards on people or companies that have data that you might want to collect on them, including their resume, their LinkedIn link, their expected salary, whatever things you're collecting. And when you move people through the stages, there's no automation that says, when you go into this stage, send this email, or when you go into this stage, schedule this call, or when you go, or if you put this field in, do that, because I haven't built if this and that yet into Nimble. We're actually right. launching automation for workflows in the next few weeks, which starts with, if you get an email for jobs at Nimble, then take that contact and put it in this first stage of this card. And then if you move a card from the first stage to the second stage, let's say, you could send notify uh, one of the team members or you could schedule a task. We haven't put in the send this message. But if I do move somebody from first pass, which is they pass the sniff test to uh, invite sent, then it should send the invite. It should send the template to say, hey, thanks for applying at Indeed. We looked at your background and we'd love to have an interview. Here's an interview calendar link, schedule a time. And so we're building that. And that type of automation is fine because there's a human that's part of the process right. that is, you know, that is that is managing the flow. And um, the automation and it, is putting tasks into buckets and then a human comes when necessary and does those the task to move things along to the next step, it seems like, which is getting that human automation mixture. I mean, I'm sure yeah. some tasks can be done automatically. It's a generic email just saying, thank you. It yeah. doesn't have to be yeah. human. Yeah. Touch, and but- we're adding the ability to do those automatic tasks like that, but there's a human involved in managing the board, right? right. And so if you think about marketing, marketing is not always about selling. It could be about fundraising. It could be about getting somebody to interview on their podcast. It could be about them interviewing on your podcast. There's a variety of things why you're outreaching to people, marketing to them to drive a purpose. But having a board where you can manage that workflow is critical for you to visualize and to manage the data. Because today, the reason why we love spreadsheets is because we can see a list view but the list view isn't as cool as a board view. It'd be great to have both. But contact management and CRM is really about a list view that doesn't have boards. And then it has the contact view, but it still doesn't have a board. So if you're trying to manage somebody through a process, a series of stages, all you'd have is next steps on the uh, contact record or next steps on your list of next steps you're doing. But the board helps you to visualize a set of contacts to put them through a unique flow, which I think really helps to humanize the outreach process. Fantastic. So that's what you guys are doing right now at Nimble. Nimble is, and typically we're a little more structured with the going to talk about your company and you, but we flew, we, we, we flowed. Flewed. We flewed. We <laughs> flewed. I have to Google how to say flowed in the past tense. Um, <laughs> we flew. We flew. We flew. We flew. See, again, that just doesn't sound like it's not flow it's though. I, don't I flew, know. I flew here from New York. Yeah, but we're, we're talking about the flow of the, this is way off. <laughs> the flow Whoa. of the conversation went, I, mean, I have to porky pig this and find another way to say it because uh, I can't say the words. Uh, that We I'm jumped yeah. from talking about over-marketing to talking about nimble. Yes, but I did it, that. It was, a, it was a natural flow. No, so that's great. 
I can't, I feel like we, I just spent five minutes just to say like, Hey, we're talking about nimble now, but nimble CRM. I'd mentioned this in the intro. I think CRM specifically for office 365 and uh, Google yeah. accounts. Right. And, and you were just describing some of the functionality in there. Can you give, um, I guess it's a kind of the elevator pitch for, for the listeners on who this is designed for, obviously yeah. people using office 365 and, and Google is kind of a prerequisite. And uh, other than everything you just described, any other kind of key elements of what, what Nimble is and what it does? You bet. So Nimble at its heart is a really awesome contact manager. It's a relationship manager as opposed to a sales uh, operating system. So if you Google CRM and you go look at things like sales, um, uh, Salesforce or Pipedrive, they're sales operating systems. They're designed to pound uh, and bag and tag leads. Nimble can do that. It has CRM features. You can put people in deals and pipelines, et cetera. But those programs really aren't great at relationship management. And I think that most companies really need a team contact platform. Because if you think about a company, the first thing you do is you get a domain and then you go out and get a uh, email productivity suite, Google or Microsoft. And the next thing you need to do is you need to do some type of website and marketing tool and then a CRM because your whole point is driving eyeballs to a website and then put them in the CRM and then closing them. But the reality is CRM is only used by 5% of your company. For 100 people, it might be five sales reps. What the rest of the people use to manage relationships in their company, Google and Microsoft aren't good team contact platforms. That's what Nimble is. Nimble is a really awesome relationship platform for individuals and teams that integrates what everybody already uses for their email productivity suite, Google and Microsoft, we unify your email, contact, and calendar into a piece of whole. We automatically enrich that record with people and company data. We synchronize the contact, the history of email, calendar, and social interactions you and the team do. And then we live back where you live because you. the biggest cause of failure serum is lack of use. The second is bad data. Lack of use because you have to go to it to use it. Bad data because you work for it by Googling people and typing it. Tomorrow, you're going to nimble people. And Nimble lives where you live, in your inbox, inside social, in whatever business apps you happen to be in with our Prospector app so that if you're looking at Sky and you want to know Sky's background, you Nimble them and Nimble basically build a record if it doesn't exist or bring up the record and give you the context and insights that you need to know who they are and the history of interactions. But most importantly, the follow up and follow through because it's the basics that wins games. And most people don't log the note and schedule the next task. Unless you do that, you won't win. So Nimble is a continuation of my evolution of pioneering contact management and CRM. Goldmine, which was my previous company that we founded, was Outlook and Salesforce before either existed. So imagine there was no Outlook. I was a kid in Canoga Park, and we basically built this program in DBase, in DOS. Go Canoga Park Hunters. All right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I used to live on, I think, DeSoto. Uh, And... uh, and how did we launch a product without venture capital, no bank loans on $5,000 into $100 million a year plus in revenue is first off, we built the first tool that integrated email, contact and calendar and sales and market automation. But more importantly, we figured out the secret of influencer marketing by identifying the influencer of our prospect. In those days, it was the Novell reseller. They sold them the network. And we had the first network of a business program to sell on top of that. We got the Novell resellers to use it. They started recommending and reselling it. 
And that's how we grew out of our apartment into uh, PCH and Sunset, where our office used to be. And, uh, and Goldmont Nimble is a continuation of that. So what makes it different is it's the heart of it is about relationships and contacts for a team. You said something earlier. I think you, you blew by it so fast. I want to go back and highlight it. You mentioned the reason the salespeople, and this is a huge problem in a lot of companies, especially medium-sized, small to medium companies, I think. The reason the salespeople don't use the CRM. Can you touch on that again? You gave yeah. two reasons. Yeah. And there, the, the reason they call it Salesforce, you have to force salespeople to use it. Nobody in the right <laughs> mind would use the CRM if they weren't beat on to do it. Because you work for the CRM and you have to go to it to use it. Before a meeting, you Google somebody and then you type the shit that you know about them and their company into the CRM. And then you go to your email and you engage with them uh, in order to connect with them. And then you go back to this and then you might go into LinkedIn and engage with them. And then you got to go back to the CRM to log what you did and, and uh, the emails you sent and, 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 and what you did in LinkedIn or whatever. Imagine if your CRM worked for you automatically building the record uh, uh, from wherever you're at, right? So if you're prospecting somebody in a business article in LinkedIn and Twitter, or you even get a lead in your CRM that your company's forcing you to use, imagine if you had a browser plugin called Nimble that basically allowed you to hover on the name. It will automatically build a record with all the details you need, including company title, phone number, email, history, anything you need, bio, and then basically allow you to use that record wherever you're engaged because we don't live in our CRM. We live in where we can communicate right. in our email and LinkedIn and wherever else we can connect. Salespeople in. live where the sale happens and that's not in the they, CRM. They live where the customers exist, yeah. where the prospects exist. And so if you're out prospecting today, if you're not, if you're not building a brand identity in the places where your constituency are having conversations to become better, smarter, faster in and around the areas of your promise of your products and services, then you can't establish yourself as a trusted advisor, stay top of mind and have people cold call you when they need your stuff. And so if you're sitting there behind a computer and you're basically just pounding people, hoping, telling them how great your products and services are, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to go hungry, hungry, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. We've we've touched on you a bit, but anything yeah. else, people? I mean, we know you started gold mine. Um, I think we talked a little bit earlier. We were talking about making making that connection when we first started talking before the episode here. You noticed surfboard in the background here. I'd noticed that you'd uh, studied photography uh, here in LA. I went to college for photography myself, so it was kind of that whole sparring of a human connection being made well, it was but, it was the natural bonding that people should do before they get down to business right mm -hmm. so when you connect with somebody you don't immediately say did you sign the po you say uh good morning good afternoon good evening you know nice spring day today how about them dodgers you know you know you talk about some areas of commonality and that's what we did for a while to build some intimacy and trust and then we got down to talking about the problems with market automation are sort of common passions there. Now, here's the key there with that interaction. We'd already had an interaction. There are salespeople who call up and they look to have something and that always feels forced. When the yeah. first time I talk to somebody, they're like, oh, hey, I see you live in LA. How about those Dodgers, man? You must be loving Yeah, it. you know, there's a, um, there's, a, there's a natural tendency. There's a natural way to share commonalities and there's an unnatural way. And right. we learned all that 
on the playground in grammar school, in junior high school, in high school, at the dances, right? You know what's icky. Don't do what's icky, right? We, we know. We, we've been polished, ideally, as human beings. And so you don't immediately like just throw a commonality just because at somebody. You find a way to slip it in. And here's an analogy I like to use, the jump rope. Now, I wasn't a big jump rope guy, but I watched it and I learned you just don't run up to the jump rope and jump in. You go stand aside it and you wait for your timing and then jump in. Another example, a cocktail party. You don't walk into a cocktail party and say, hey, anybody want to buy some CRM? You right. walk in and you look around and you see a group of people that you might want to connect with. You go stand adjacent to them and you start listening to the conversation and then you interject something to add value at a natural place where you might add some value and the people are going to turn to you and go, John, why wow, you seem to know quite a bit about relationship management. What do you do there? The door is open. Right. And so I, I usually come in. I say, Hey, John, great mustache. I used to have a mustache. You want to buy a CRM? <laughs> yeah. But you still have a mustache. Dude. It's not as dark as mine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. So um, let's see. Anything else you would like people to know about you? I mean, I don't want you sharing things you don't want people to know about you, but uh, what what should the listening audience know about John uh, Ferrara? And I keep mispronouncing your name, I think. I'm taking I'll make it easy for end. you. I'm sorry. Can you say Ferrari? Yeah, Ferrari, okay. Ferrara. Perfect. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, so I'm an entrepreneur who helped create Outlook and Salesforce before either existed, sold my company in 1999 for money uh and what a great for money <laughs> what a great time to get out wasn't it i mean 1999 it was before the dot-com crash before the bubble burst so, yeah. so we started going on five thousand dollars never took a dime of venture grew it to 125 million dollars a year in revenue and you can imagine what the value of that was when we Ooh. sold it for cash it's the amount where when you talk about it you just say the word money yeah <laughs> so so imagine there i was um I was uh, 40, 39, 40 years old with more money than I could ever imagine. Uh, my second baby was born on the date, goldmine closed. I was blessed. And a year after that, I got a head tumor and almost died. And I'm sharing this journey with you because it's my journey of my realization of my purpose on this planet. So in the process of doing the Western medicine healing, I did some Eastern medicine healing and philosophical growing. And, uh, and you know, thank God I, I made it through the tumor. Uh, I lost like, I don't know, 50 pounds. I was like, I was like, I was a stick. Uh, and that really makes you vulnerable. Uh, and this is like around 2000, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, they didn't have nearly the medicine they do today for that stuff. Well, I found uh, a really uh, um, intelligent doctor at UCLA who had uh, developed a new technology for focusing radiation beams to a specific point in the body. And so have you ever used a magnifying glass to burn a leaf? Right. You're focusing the beam on that leaf at that moment. So they could focus the beam on your in the, at the tumor inside my head. And they could focus the beam in such a way where it avoids the salivary glands, the taste buds, and the nerves by um, having my head uh, held to the table, having a, a, a tattoo dot here and the computer starting here. And they basically did an MRI to, to map out all the vulnerable parts. 
And they basically were able to shoot the beam directly at that tumor. I feel like you're looking at the doctor just saying, don't sneeze. Do not sneeze. <laughs> well, the, the, the beauty is, is that once they did the human makeup, like they did the MRI and they figured out where everything is and they, they did the computer program. All I did is I went and laid on the table. They put the thing that held my head start. The computer started on the dot. And five days a week, I got my five minutes of radiation. And so that's automation, right? So, yep. so there I was um, thinking about, okay, well, shit, you know, why is the universe smacking me? What, what is my purpose on this planet? And I, that's where I sort of came to the conclusion that I'm on this planet to grow my soul in the brief period of time that I'm here. And the best way for me to do that is by being present with others, especially people who love you. Because if you're present with people who love you, they'll reflect your shit back at you. And if you're willing to look at your shit in life, that's how you grow as a human being. And so I spent 10 years as a dad, um, raising babies, being a present uh, husband and contributing to my community. And this is what softened my heart and helped me grow my soul. Because imagine if you built a $100 million company out of an apartment and you were a pioneer in technology, how cocky you could become. And I, you know, I was a young, cocky, successful guy. And I think that I really grew as a human being as in the 10 years as a dad, which enabled me to be present enough as social media started to hit in 2006, 7, 8, and I started to use them. I saw it was going to change the way we work, play, buy, and sell. And I decided to get back on the saddle and to reimagine relationship management utilizing social. And so I wanted to share my journey from being an entrepreneur as a young kid and being an entrepreneur as a more um, seasoned uh, human and that journey that I took, because I think it infuses my philosophy of the purpose of CRMs, relationship management and automation and why we need to humanize them more because the more digital we get, the more human we need to be. I love it. I don't need, I don't know if I want to say much more. I feel like I should have ended the podcast right there, but we ah, still do have to say well, bye to people. <laughs> now you're supposed to ask me, how can people get a hold of you? Yes, I know. We got to go through those details still, but to just hold on to what, uh, hold on to what, uh, what John just said there. And um, well, remember that as we finish. Bot, we'll go and clip that with some, with yeah. some subtitles. Cause that's, that's like the golden moment there. Yeah, that was, um, that was fun. That was beautiful. Um, all right. Well, I want to, let people know where to find you, what nimble.com uh, for nimble. And we'll have all this in the show notes as well, but there's a, a discount code. If you want to check out nimble, uh, John J O N 40 um, on that, you can find John on Twitter as well at John underscore Ferrara and uh, LinkedIn. Nice. Just, you can just Google him and probably find all this stuff too. Pretty, pretty easily. Yeah. Um, in fact, I want to say something about that. If you listen to this today, Google yourself. Sky Cassidy, whatever it is, right? Are you showing up on the first page in the way that you want to be showing up at all? If not, fix it, right? And one way to fix it is, of course, to build an identity in the places where your constituency has conversation. I say constituency because it's more than prospects and customers that you want to connect to. Um, and then start sharing your knowledge. Give it away on a daily basis and then listen and engage with the purpose to serve and grow others. But more importantly than that, you could build a Wikipedia page for yourself. It's free and it's easy as long as you follow the rules because they'll shut your page down if you don't. And you will show up on that first page with your avatar and the bio and all the stuff that you want to do as long as you cite facts. 
behind the data that you're displaying. And, uh, and yeah, go try Nimble at nimble.com. Nimble is a perfect personal CRM. It's a perfect team CRM. Um, and it could be used with your existing CRM because if you buy a CRM today, you still have to buy sales intelligence, Zoom Info, Sales Navigator. You have to buy outreach software, Sales Off, Outreach IO. And Nimble has outreach software and sales intelligence built into it all for 25 bucks a month. And if you go try it at nimble.com for two weeks free, if you like it, use the code John40 to become a subscriber and save 40% off the first three months. Oh, and I'd say for God's sakes, if you if you don't have a CRM, definitely go like it's, it's so necessary. Something like this that plugs into your email and works with that. When when I first started this business, we had Outlook. And I remember when I first started with the sales team, we didn't have a CRM. And I knew we needed some system like that. So I trained the salespeople to organize folders in Outlook like it was a CRM, like, oh, here's your hot prospects and here's your dead things and here's your this and here's your... To and it was just a mess because you had it's not it's not designed. It's not designed to not really... Built. Well, it doesn't have the automation of just being able to change a status and have it now show up under another different search and that kind of stuff. So something like Nimble is, uh, that's, that's awesome. I encourage everybody to go have a look at it. Um, check out more on, uh, on John Ferrara on the show notes at ifumarket.com. Uh, we'll have uh, all the links there. And uh, thank you for sharing us on social media. And thank you for, for listening and telling a friend. And all that kind of good stuff. And uh, on behalf of the Iffy Market team and John Ferrara of Nimble, thank you for listening to the Iffy Market podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it with the proper amount of automation, with some automation, uh, they the will come. Humanity, humanness infused in there. Yeah, with, with some automation and human combination, they will come. Amen. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.